Super. Right. So I've got a, a few questions. Thanks so much for sorry for agreeing to to have some time this afternoon. So, um, but we saw the uh, presentation at the British Council School Ambassadors Conference, and yes. it was a really inspirational message. The the work that you're doing, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really models what what is possible uh, and is exciting. There's some exciting projects. So I just wonder yeah. if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and your role. Okay, um, well, I'm Leslie, Leslie Atkins, and I've been working in international education since 1999, when I took the opportunity to go to a partner-finding conference for a previous European programme, Comunius, in northern Spain. And I always say to people, I took to that, like the proverbial duck to water, I was really excited by the possibility of uh, linking with colleagues overseas, which I've not had the chance to do. I'd always enjoyed travelling and meeting people. So, you know, I went back to the school I was working in then and started the first project. And it it was very, very successful and acknowledged by the British Council. So just things went from there. And so eventually I was asked to... Um, well, I was seconded first to the local authority, international office, and when the person who was the lead then retired, um, I got the position. So that was hmm, now 12, 12 years ago. So I've been leading and managing international engagement across the schools in Glasgow at all levels, nursery, primary and secondary for, for 12 years. Um, and I've been an ambassador working with the British Council for 14 years. And actually, you mentioned Glasgow. It's an exciting year for Glasgow this year, isn't it? November. Yeah. Uh, yes, Glasgow is privileged to be hosting the COP26. And there's a lot of activity going on across the city. Uh, the local, I've, I've mentioned in the ambassador presentation that the local authority are bringing School leads together next month to discuss uh, input to the COP and, of course, our international engagement will play a huge part in that. And in fact, yesterday I was privileged to be involved in a presentation of some of our young people involved in a climate action project, Walk the Global Walk, and they presented their outcomes to the Education Committee and the councillors of Glasgow City Council. So it's always inspirational for me to hear the effect and the impact on young people who have been involved with us in international projects, because I believe in it. But it's great to hear that reinforced by the pupils' testament themselves and just to see the confidence that it gives them and that opportunity to widen their own horizons is is really really good. So yeah, there's there's lots of um, activity going on with the COP, and I'm hoping to partner up soon with um, the British Council in Scotland to feed the outputs from our international projects into COP26 and to give our young people that opportunity to actually talk to a global audience about the difference international education has made to their knowledge and understanding of what it means to work towards life, community, society being more sustainable for the future. And so so important right now. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about the specific projects that you're involved with? 
Yes, there's a number of projects that will feed. I always think almost all the international projects we have will feed into what the COP is about, but there are a number of projects um, more specifically connected. One of them is the one I mentioned, Walk the Global Walk, which is uh, funded by the EU Development, Education and Awareness Raising. And it's been funded for three years. It's a partnership of 11 countries and it's led by um, Oxfam, Italia and Florence. Here in Glasgow, it's been a partnership with Education Services and the University of Glasgow School of Education. So we've had five secondary schools involved in looking at SDG 11, 13 and 16. And that's enabled us to bring climate action education directly into the classroom. And it's also um, prepared on each SDG a whole set of resources for practitioners who are interested to use themselves. And please, anyone who's listening, go on to Walk the Global Walk website and you'll see a number of resources which you can use in the classroom. I'd be delighted if, if that happened. So that's one of the projects and the young people there will get the opportunity to be involved in what we're hoping to develop with British Council Scotland, a live at the COP MOOC. We also have two connecting classrooms clusters, um, which will feed into what we hope to um, introduce to the COP, and that's our cluster with schools in the Palestinian territories and our cluster of schools in South Africa. And there, both of these projects in similar ways are looking at supporting the young people to consider what really makes an inclusive community and what are the things they need to bring into that around the environment um, to contribute to that inclusivity. We also, although we're out of Europe, we have a number of continuing existing Erasmus Plus projects. One of them is about the legacy of women into science and the arts. And we're working with uh, Valencia and Lithuania and Italy on that, and that is also one which will have a, a direct input to the COP. Um, and we have a new one starting, which is all about it's working with uh, Tenerife and Cannes Marseille. And that's that's Erasmus Plus um, with the additional funding that was available at the end of last year, supporting young people to make creative films about, again, about community messages through using, enhancing the use of digital technology. And that's based on a British Council Cuba initiative that's been running there called Camera Chica, getting young people to make their own films which specifically convey a message about the community they're living in. So we're really excited about all of these projects and how they can support and prepare our young people to engage knowledgeably with what's going on around the COP, but most importantly to feel that their voice is valued, which it really is and to give them that opportunity because I'm, I'm always amazed when you give young people the opportunity to talk about their own ideas and how they see the future, actually how mature they are. Um, I always learn a lot from listening to young people and I think being involved internationally gives them a confidence and also a motivation. They really, really enjoy it. And we're also another one that we're we just it's come through and um, working with the British Council. It's called Tacadum and it's um a support a framework to allow dialogue between our secondary pupils and young people in the Middle East, in Egypt, North Africa, Emirates, Oman. 
So that's starting as well, and that would be some another project that would have an input to what we deliver around COP26 in November. <laughs> wonderful. So they, they really are. And, and if you if you don't mind, I've just got uh, one of the slides from the conference which I wanted to share the content from, uh, because you mentioned the arts and these creative projects. There's just this energy about about the, the work that you're doing and the chance mm-hmm. to showcase children's voices really in, in unique and innovative ways. Um, on the side, it said uh, this was about connecting classrooms, SDG 16. Now, is it St. Albert's Primary? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and is it St. Albert's and Al Al Horaya? That's right. Al Horaya, maybe Al Horaya, maybe I think okay. it's. Oh, yeah. Okay, so and it says we are both keen to and have already begun independently implementing creative ways to combat loneliness and help pupils, parents, and the wider community feel less anxious during these difficult times. Engagement in the arts, creating a support network where people can come together safely and responsibly, and feel connected in some way through a common purpose, talking openly about the current situation and finding strength in positive relationships. We aim to provide psychological support to our families, which is very much dependent on planning activities that encourage building trust. We hope to create communities of hope and love where our positive practices can be shared on an international scale. And, you know, I saw the slide and thought, wow, you know, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. That's really powerful. Um, so I don't know. Can you tell us a bit more about that project or, or maybe the impact that you've seen uh, in, in, in that kind of work? You know, what's what is it that you've seen from, from your point of view? Well, in some ways, that uh, statement from St. Albert's Primary about their work with their partner school in Bethlehem reinforces what I believe myself. So most people who have worked with me know how passionate I am about the impact of international education on young people's lives. And I think it's for these very reasons. It has that ability to really move people deeply, I think, um, and transform people's lives because I think in that reaching out to other communities and building these relationships through the opportunities that a project can give you, you are really enriching your own life because you're extending your own experience through welcoming the experiences of others into your own personal life, your professional life, if you're an educator, and also the life of your community within the school and beyond. And St Albert's Primary sits in a community in Glasgow where many of um, the Scottish Asian families have settled. Um, so for their children to get a, a link um, with a school in, in, in the Middle East um, and to be able to offer the cultural experience that they have through their families who have come mainly, I would say, from Pakistan, but to link with other young people and a community where they have similar values is really important to them. But I've noticed even during the pandemic, far from international education being deprived the ability to physically you know, travel, the, the mobility is embedded in projects, the opportunity to still stay connected, um, even virtually, has been positive because you're still able to bring both groups together, both communities together, and, and reach out and talk. 
Um, and it also gives you hope for the future because you, you build in this period where maybe things have been stalled. Your international partnerships are giving you that ability to continue relating, to continue experiencing each other's journeys and feeding that into to your own. So I feel it's, it's these relationships that are, are gained through international linking that give that hope, that uh, positivity. And I did see, and it, it is love that's generated. I know that sounds a bit, you know, schmaltzy, but that's what I have found in my own 21 journey. I've been privileged as a professional to benefit from that. But most importantly, I've seen the educators, the teachers I've worked with, and the young people also gain from that experience. And it's, it's really, really important because if a global society is going to work, there has to be, in terms of the sustainable future, that development of equity, that development of value of other cultural experiences to extend everyone's understanding of what it means to be someone in another country that you will share so much with, but also the differences enrich your life so significantly. I just feel it's an amazing opportunity and journey to offer learners in schools across the UK. And and I'm glad that even although we're out of Erasmus+, Plus, there are still other opportunities growing. And I think that that's, that's really... That's really great. Yeah. To be completely devoid, bereft of that would be a, a very a sad loss. It's because it, it just has that power to really, just to really transform young people's experiences and to, to know that what they can build together as a community is much greater than what they might think they can just do. If you're just an individual, you might be lost, you might be despairing. But when you come together, you know that that's not lost, that the hope is always there as long as people are open and committed to embracing each other and to working and harnessing the talents that we all have for the greater good to enrich everyone's lives. So that's that's why I think, you know, St Albert's, have worked hard to establish um, a very positive community ethos in their school. They have been strong engagers internationally. Uh, they had two Connecting Classrooms Pakistan projects um, a few years ago. So they, they really used international partnerships to strengthen the links between the school and parents and the, the community in which the schools sit. So this partnership now with Bethlehem is allowing them to extend that even more. And as they say quite clearly in their aims and objectives for that activity, to offer that hope to each other in these difficult times. It might sound like an obvious question, but I'm, I'm really interested to hear your answer and your perspective. What, why is, well, if we go back, you've been doing international work for, for an extended period of time now. Um, and and always seen it as valuable, you know. That's something I think you know it resonates. We should you know share the same values there of, of feeling that this is an important part of the work that takes place in schools and communities, you know, anyway. But why why is now such an important time to really focus on this almost more than ever? Because I I feel that, but I just wondered what what's your your take on that, listening? 
I think it's in connection with some of the things I mentioned just before this point that the way that the pandemic affected people's lives that has isolated us more. And I suppose some people will be feeling a bit lost, cut off and wondering, you know, what lies ahead in the future. And as I mentioned, I think the the way through that and the hope is through community approaches to life and allowing an individual to value their own specific talents, knowledge, experience, but to know that they can bring that to the community and support each other. So I think international school school partnerships um, enhance that. um, And even if young people at the minute can't travel, then they still have that facility of reaching out online to continue developing their partnership and their dialogue with schools overseas and that's just kind of mirroring what what we're all having to do um, at this time. Really rely more on our community perhaps than we did before um, and to find ways through the restrictions to continue these connections and to continue um, reaching out, dialoguing, supporting each other in any way that we can uh, and just through through the projects it just gives that, that wider focus to your life you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be suffering quite deeply from some of the losses and at different levels but I think if you know that there is still a way through that and that all your connections have not completely folded but are still open and are also still growing. Um, because I think probably at the beginning there were a few more doubts in my mind, you know, how could they, how would the partnerships still continue to grow? And then I saw fairly quickly that because of the value of them, because of the power of relating with each other internationally, that there was a commitment to sustaining them. And that that commitment was actually sustaining, you know, our own lives. Um, so I think it's it's just that community framework that the partnerships offer. I think are really really powerful in supporting us, supporting us at at the minute. Just give a focus of how we can continue to make a difference in the world through working together. Absolutely. Uh, Leslie, th- thank you so much. There's so much of your work that I want to actually find out about and discover more about, and the projects are always interesting. I think there's lots of model examples that lots of us can, can learn from. Uh, what's next for you at the moment? <laughs> um, well, okay, what's next? Well, just kind of setting up the new projects that have started in the last 12 months, uh, building the the work around COP26 to make sure there's this high level of engagement of the young people in Glasgow as possible. And just, I think, continuing to support the partnerships to allow young people for themselves to to discover what a joy it is to connect with others. And, you know, you have, when you connect, you have everything that you you have within yourself, but you have the privilege of learning from so many 
so many others. That's how much it adds to you to your own life. Um, and I think because society is at such a critical point, um, and it's also I think important not to lose sight of the value of the human connection because at the minute we are so involved in the virtual world. The virtual world has become possible through the development of human beings, their own talents and capacities. It's not been the other way around. <laughs> um, and I think that's really important to understand. And, and really, at the minute, value what that human journey is about in partnership with others. So I'm really keen to continue to support young people in that. That I see as a privilege for me. Sometimes I wish I'd begun this journey <laughs> earlier on in my career, you know, because <laughs> you think it's um, you want to keep going as, as long as you can. But I just think to work within a diversity like Glasgow is, is also a privilege, and to to see. The children from different cultural backgrounds just coming together and cooperating and exchanging ideas and creating is also the creativity that comes. It's, I Really, what's next for me is just as much as I can to continue to support young people to get involved internationally and to offer the teachers, the prof- that's the, the other thing, to offer the teachers the professional support that they feel they need to allow them to do that. And I have been amazed, at, even with all the challenges of being a teacher in these times, the restrictions that I've placed and the demands that I've placed on teachers, how committed they have still been to maintaining their international partnerships. So that speaks volumes. So I don't have any specific goal in mind, <laughs> but just really to, to making sure that as many opportunities are offered um, as possible while I'm I'm here in, in the job that I really love. <laughs> well, it's amazing. Um, and, and if uh, educated professionals, teachers, they want to reach out to get in touch with you or, or find out more about your work, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? I think just to email me, really. So just to email me in the first instance and um, I'll be happy to, to help in any way that I can. <laughs> so oh, that's fantastic. If, if anyone in any of the resources um, that are available in Walk the Global Walk to have a look and just read them and use them in any way they feel would be useful for their own children and, and classrooms across the UK. So I am not sure at this minute what the opportunities will be from the wider UK society to get involved in the COP. I don't know what's gone out to schools, if anything, but, you know, on, in anything in relation to COP26, people want to ask questions then they can email me and I'll do what I can. Fantastic. Leslie, thank you so much for spending some time this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a privilege to hear about the work that you were doing and, and you continue to do uh, and it's just making such a difference to, to children and young people um, internationally. So, you know, thank you and I really appreciate it. Thanks for the invitation. <laughs> Thanks.